0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. She was the people's princess. We shall fight on the beaches. Away, oh,
0: man. These are the things that made England. We shall
2: fight on the landing ground.
0: These are the things that made I England. Have a body, but of a weak and feeble woman.
2: These are the things that made England. And the
0: King of England, too. These are the things that made England. Cry
2: God for Harry! And these are the things that made
0: England. England and St. George! These are the things that made England.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Things That Made England. The idea of the show, well, you know what the idea of the show is now, hopefully, if you've been listening for a while. Anyway, the things we love about England, basically. And we do have, we're supposed to have a competition about what goes in the cabinet and what doesn't go in the cabinet, but we end up, always end up with, you know, things I suggest going in the cabinet, you know. So, there you go. And sometimes Roy Field, too. So, today... Uh, Royfield uh, mm. I have I come to you with uh, the proposition of tea it had to happen at some point didn't it you know it had mm. to happen a bit like cricket I've kind of gone for the obvious ones and here is the obvious one you know
1: David where I'm from we call it char
2: <laughs> so you looked at the map I circulated I
1: had seen that
2: before yeah, it's actually. really good anyway look, let me tell you a story Royfield <laughs> oh, there was it was good. Top of the stairs, it's me. Mm-hmm. Top of the stairs, feeling a bit, a bit dreamy, thinking about something else, you know, a while I go, miss my footing, top of the stair, crash all the way down. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a pair of, pair of PJs at the time. All the way down, the end of our uh, little staircase is a wall before it takes a left turn. Smack, bang, foot into wall, out of control. Mm-hmm. Pain, humiliation, shock. Jane, I cried, I've fallen down the stairs. I'm in agony and I'm gonna die. She comes and looks me, looks at me lying in a heat. My toe is in agony, and she says, I'll put the kettle on and make you a nice cup of tea. Do <laughs> you know what? Everything it was helps. all right. I mean I had exactly. broken my toe, I should say, but you know, everything was everything was fine. And apparently you can't do anything for a broken toe, you know. So now I know what you're gonna say. So I mean let's just map the conversation out. You're going to say, use the South Southpaw jab of the international levelers gambit, to which I'm going to respond with <laughs> the colonial defence. And there you go. Uh, you're going to follow up the British upper cup, to which I will use the Britain is dead anyway defence. Okay? Right. not sure you know what any of that means.
1: Not much.
2: No. Okay. Well, you're going to say, look, everybody drinks tea. Okay, so fair enough. It's a shared passion. We are far from the only country in the world that loves tea. But mm. I'm going to argue that it means oh you're gonna say no. you're gonna disagree with you disagreeing with me
1: there is it's not a bit the whole rich? world over the whole world over drinks um a beverage called tea or oh, sure. char there's only one true there's only one country i would contend that drink that has a copper
2: hey i like i like your language right Okay, so maybe closest to us is the Japanese in intellectual. I mean, obviously they're far more sophisticated than us. Why are the Japanese so much more sophisticated than us, Royfield? What is that all about?
1: Um, well they embedded in their culture has been the... tea drinking for like two millennia.
2: Yeah, I mean they've got all that all that class around the the ceremony and all that elegance and all the rest of it, while we're having, you know, a cup of builders. David,
1: David, David. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree. With you. I couldn't disagree with you more on that. On that front, the Japanese have their tea ceremonies, and as I said, they've been going like for millennia, and they're beautiful things to behold. But an afternoon tea is a thing of beauty and refinement that in is and true. of itself. That is I true. love going to a hotel. Uh, a nice tea shop. You know, you're mooching around a small little English town, and somebody says, Let's have an afternoon tea. Yeah, let's go to and Mrs. Biggins
2: go... tea shop.
1: Exactly. A couple of little cakes, scones, tea, some little finger sandwiches.
2: Oh, what? What? oh. stop, stop. I'm feeling hungry. I've got to go. <laughs> Do
1: you know, I've
2: told you that I'm working I'm on this course at the moment, this uh, part time undergraduate. English mm-hmm. Social History course, which I'm doing in the continuing education department at Oxford University. Thank you. It's fantastic. And I sit every so often, go to the Bodleian, all right? And I sit there and I, you know, do whatever I do. Why do I do that, Royfield?
1: I don't know, David. Why do you do that?
2: I'm going to tell you. But just by the Bodleian, there is the University Church. And at one end of the University Church is the vaults. And in the vaults, there is a little tea shop where they serve a fruit scone with strawberry jam and a nice pot of tea. And I, I'm nice. telling you, I mean, you know, I've got, I don't care anything about doing English social history. I can go and have a pot of tea whenever I like. Why, Roy Field, did Karl Marx never drink mm. loose leaf tea? Good heavens! I
1: no... There's loose leaf because. Tea in tea bags. That's a relatively newish
2: in You don't know the answer, do you? Invention. I don't know, no. no. It I'm didn't being Drink loose leaf tea because property is theft.
1: <laughs> oh, that old joke, okay. <laughs> I'm here all, right. all
2: week. Anyway <laughs> 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 It's a great gag, isn't it? What's brown and sticky? Uh, I dunno, David. A stick, Royfield. Oh. Enough of this class humour. So let's go back. So I was going to tell you a bit of history before you went to the end And so I was talking mm. about doilers. let's talk about doilers. T, earliest evidence? Any idea? Uh, I'm going to say
1: Confucius probably um, did some Confucianing around T. So I'm going to go uh, 100 BCE.
2: It's not bad, actually. When is uh, Confucius? You know, what, I don't know exactly, no, but around no, about much. that time. Anyway, earliest, earliest evidence was, in fact, found in the tomb of Li Qi, who lived between 188 BC and 141. Oh um, my God! Look how close yeah, I was. Not bad. It was found in the form of a discarded Yorkshire tea bag, just beside a piece of baked cake. <laughs> <laughs> well done. That's quite good. <laughs> and then, uh, ninth century tea drinking, vital part of Japanese culture, as we discussed. So they, you know, they're, they're early to it. Dutch, 1606. The first consignment of tea was shipped from China to Holland. It was a drink for the wealthy for ages and ages. Indian tea didn't start until after 1834, which is where we come to the dark side of the tea trade. Food, you know no. what they're going to talk about, don't you? I
1: suspect but I'm gonna be sit here with in, in rapt attention. So, okay, that's so, very go good. On.
2: Most unlike you, you 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 ill or you you're multitasking at the moment. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm on the iPhone.
2: Yeah. Yadda yada yada yada, whatever. Anyway, uh, so we get the opium war. So uh, there's a triangular trade which develops uh, around about the eighteen thirties. So there is a lack of silver, like a lack of bullion around. Uh, So if the East India Company decide what they'll do is they'll export woolens. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the point about the lack of bullion is they can't buy the tea. So what they'll do is they'll create this triangular uh, trade. So we'll export good British woolens to India. They will grow um, opium in India and we'll sell that to China. The result is the extraordinary business of the British... Invading China or making war in China in order to force them to buy opium. I uh, mm. I mean, it's got to be one of the most outrageously uh, appalling episodes in British history. Anyway, Mm. that creates a tea-growing culture in in India eventually because they're thinking, why do we buy all this tea from China? Why instead can't we grow tea in India? And Mm. actually, they stole lots of tea and brought it back, but then it died until a wild version of tea was found in Assam, and Assam tea was born as a commercial activity. And by 1888, it was more popular than Chinese tea. And we like Assam tea, don't we? Because it takes milk very well, very strong. Mm. So then it grows in England, and it grows in England for a few reasons. One of them to do with alcohol. Why would the growth of the popularity of tea be connected with alcohol, Royfield? Do you like the way I'm making this interactive?
1: Uh, you're doing a somewhat leaden headed attempt at trying to make it <laughs>
2: interactive. <laughs> it's just because you're on your bloody iPhone. You know, if you get off no, your no, iPhone, no, no, you no, no, get no, with no. it. I've come off it
1: now. Um, I, I don't know, David. How is alcohol
2: uh, connected <laughs> well, well to tea? That's kind of response I Because the temperance movement thought, hey, here's a way I of getting I knew off. this. I actually gave this. Tea. So you get uh, tea total, don't you? And all that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, they think it's medicinal. Mm-hmm. um and there's a bit of social climbing involved because it had been a posh drink you know the uh the, the non-posh people you know like yourself decide that they're, what they'll, do, <laughs> they'll drink a bit of tea and they'll look smarter you know so mm-hmm. cool uh so that's kind of a history but to the english the point is actually i read um i read a book called inglorious empire have you read that mm-hmm. no it's you know it's basically you know the the horrors of the british empire and the british india but he gives us after you know trashing us for you know 455 pages for the last two pages he gives us two benefits one is about cricket which he describes as uh rather delightfully actually, as a an indian game accidentally invented by the english which i thought mm-hmm. was a great quote and tea because He loves the the ceremony we put around tea. So I read all these 450 pages. The only thing I took away from it was the fact that uh, the English are good at drinking tea. For us, it's a magical substance, which is at once a sedative, you know, oh, I'll have a nice cup of tea to calm down, and a stimulant. Oh, I'll have a nice pick-me-up. Let's make me a cup of tea. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Does that just
1: depend on the amount of sugar you put in it, though?
2: I don't know. I never put sugar in at all. I mean, sugar is a class identifier, isn't it?
1: Good heavens. Well, there you go. It tells you something about you and me because I, I didn't actually know that.
2: Well, Kate Fox in her book, mm-hmm. you know, watching this, she reckons tea is a class thing. If, you, if you're if you drinking a strong, milky, sugary cup of tea, especially that's if it's gorgeous. alongside your savoury evening meal, that's working mm. class probably yep. Yorkshire. Whereas yep. if you're drinking a smoky Lapsang Souchong with no sugar or milk, we're talking... Class anxious middle classes.
1: No, okay. I'm going to stop you there because that. <laughs> remember be at, the, at, the, at the stop of the sh- at the top of the show, I said to you that tea's drunk all over the world, but there's only one place for a cuppa. For me, a cuppa involves milk. Yeah. and it Absolutely. is it is amazing for me um, traveling around the world that for the most part people don't even know that is an option yeah. or if they do doing? know it's an option they're why like putting, putting the milk, milk in yeah. with Earl Grey and crazy things like that
2: you uh, know, yeah. which you just never do yeah you just never do, so, I mean that is a weird one isn't it,
1: why do we put milk in yeah in well it's, just, it's not even just weird, it's wrong it's just <laughs> totally wrong so, it is,
2: it's nice there isn't it,
1: And and even when you go to countries that are you know culturally closely aligned to ours i e let's say canada you know so there's there's my daughter uh, born in london uh, left when she was 3 uh, connected to her, her english roots or at least so i thought as well as her jamaican roots and the canadian uh, heritage as well and uh, we were walking along uh, a road in ottawa about 6 7 months ago and i said let's go and have afternoon tea she went. What's that, Dad? Oh, oh I no! I beg your pardon. Right. So I had to, you know, give her a crash course in right. in English culture, sir. Excellent. Excellent. Right. So I took her into uh, this wonderful um, hotel and this great um, kind of restaurant, and they treated her like a princess, you know, it was madam this, madam that, ah, and she yeah. couldn't believe it that somebody actually uh, took took her chair and, you know, pushed it in as she sat down. She said, Dad, this is really posh. But you know what utterly floored me? Yeah. She said, I've never drunk tea before. I said, of course you have. Da, da, of course da. you have. She went, Dad, I never have. What do I do with this? I had to show her how to pour a cup of tea. Every week yep, she buys herself a pack of tea now. She loves a cuppa.
2: Excellent. Well done. I mean, yes, I mean, that can't be, you know, you can't have an English heritage and not not drink a nice cup of tea. It's true. So Very it's true. also posited to you, Roy, Phil, that the basic underpinning characteristic of the English character is social awkwardness, yeah? And I think I've you... said that on many
1: occasions yeah. and I don't know if I quite agree with you. Yeah, that, I know. you've it, kind it... of
2: opted out because you're not socially awkward, but
1: maybe if there is a point to you and I doing this show, it's because I'm not gonna say that I am working class, but I came from working class roots. And you sir, uh were you know <laughs> you you were like upper upper gentry. Um, <laughs> is that right?
2: Nobody's ever anyway, been but, upper gentry so, before but, so, I mean, so, you know, but I mean obviously you know but
1: how this plays out is with these subtle distinctions of actually what is english and englishness yes. and you do the social awkwardness thing all the yes, time I do. and I don't sign up for that. And then you talk about tea, and I go, it's a copper," And and we both know what each other is talking about, but we're coming it from a slightly, slightly different... different angle. That no. is, I think that is true.
2: But, um, I mean, I think we all understand the copper. And certainly I used to work in a in a warehouse in a place called Anstey with Brian Granville and Mr. Burton. It was always Mr. Burton because he was kind of the boss. He was the warehouse mm-hmm. manager. Yeah, and you had to have tea at a particular time. You, know, you had tea breaks and all the rest of it. So there we'd sit. Nobody knew what to say. Because you know it was an awkward situation. Somebody would make a pot of tea, uh, and then somebody would be able to make the same joke every day for you know uh, upwards of nine months. Don't call it names, Dave. It's too weak to fight back. Okay. Or the thing <laughs> thats barely strong enough to crawl out. Well, you know, it was—it's an icebreaker. <laughs> Everybody can talk around a
1: nice cup of tea, can't they? No, it it absolutely is. It's it's, it's a social connector. And and just the whole transactional nature of it, how do you take your tea? Yes. No, three sugars, you know, two tea bags, uh, easy on the milk, you know, type of thing. It it, it, it is. It's literally the opening gambit on any social interaction. A
2: classic, actually, as it comes. Mm. Or hot and wet
1: no no, no 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 you
2: don't do that you've got, no. you've got to be a particular type is it you, you, you've got to nail
1: your color to some kind of mask right. it tells you a lot about that person we're getting back onto the this like class thing now there's obviously there is taste refinement and then there is class or class right <laughs> and somebody who says however it comes right you know is yeah. not somebody i can i can sip a cuppa with David, is that right no have, have to something about it. you you've got to have something about you have some hard and fast uh, opinions, because it's not like, you know when you, if you go round to somebody's house and they're cooking you a meal, they might ask you what your dietary uh, requirements are, but fundamentally you're in their hands, because that is just common decency you don't say yeah. I'm coming round to your house, I want you to cook me this
2: Yeah, <laughs> However, that's an interesting thought actually, I must try it next time <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't I don't want your shepherd's pie. I want a side of beef. Done exactly. Right.
1: Yeah. You just yeah. don't say That'd that. That would be rude That would be rude. However, you know, the lingua franca of hot beverages in England is tea. So that's taken as a given. So you can then uh, say to your host how you want your tea. Yeah. That's totally fine.
2: Yeah, that is true. Yeah, make it strong. Yeah, whatever. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And it would be good to come back to the the tea, you know, the physical thing of tea, actually, apart from just the drink, because you, you in, introduced the topic of conversation quite rightly. So if you have, you know, it's a meal as well. You know, when you talk about meal, the Waldorf, you know, you're thinking about a, a, uh, an environment like the Waldorf Hotel where you go and you get dressed up. Somebody once took me to the Ritz for tea. We had a customer Ooh. come over. Mm-hmm. Bit well, hit well, healed, and she took me to the Ritz. That, I have to tell you, I mean that really was something else. So it's this this is there is an element of the Japanese tea ceremony I know it's nothing as sophisticated as that but there is something about it being an event a process and you have doilies. Does anybody mm. else in the world use doilies apart from us? Do you know what a doily yeah. is? Uh, well, of course
1: I know that a doily no, is. But, uh, that I,
2: I it's my grandmother.
1: Uh, but I, I think the answer is going to be yes and no. Yes in that many cultures adorn their tables with right. uh True, frilly things to, to beautify them. But I'm guessing that none of them actually call them a doily. They have their own kind of native
2: word for right, it. Right, but you think they have things that look like lace doilies. I I wouldn't see why not. Yeah, you're probably right. You know. mm. Um so if you have tea at four o'clock, what do you expect?
1: I'm expecting Well it depends. Am I at home or, or am I out somewhere?
2: Uh wherever.
1: Well if I'm out, it's afternoon tea and I want that tea to come with something. A scone, like? bit of cake, uh-huh. you know, nice little tray, uh-huh. uh, you know, think finger of sandwiches. Finger sandwiches. A yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I yeah. think. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. If you have tea at six o'clock, what are you expecting?
1: Just a cup of tea.
2: Nah. No. no, no, no,
1: no.
2: You're expecting beans. Oh, David. You're no. expecting food, aren't you? No, you, you are. Well, uh, but okay expecting
1: yes. proper supper yes and no yes and no all right so again we run into north south divide immigrant family you know non-immigrant family we never had tea growing up my english right. white friends had tea we had dinner right we always had Did dinner supper, then we never had supper So i'm told supper's posher than dinner Oh, supper is super posh. Is it? Yes.
2: You no, know, I am so posh, aren't
1: I? Yeah, supper super posh. And and there's that whole weird uh, thing about having school dinner ladies. And, of course, school dinner ladies serve you lunch. Yes,
2: <laughs> that's true. That's a
1: bit odd. You know, man. It, it's all screwed up. Mm. Like, you
2: know. <laughs> hey, talking about dinner ladies, do you remember that at school? Did you have that trays of massive trays of sponge with a bit of jam coconut on the top and lumpy custard oh,
1: david that was the food of oh, dreams <laughs> uh, I, I keep saying oh, i must make some of that uh, i'll tell you what i used to love as well which i didn't have any approximation of it at home when my mom was cooking oh. and prunes
2: oh. blamange i'm not sure about the prunes but blancmange is that what they call milk uh milk jelly did you have that as well exactly
1: that's oh. exactly what it was so kind of pink you know oh, milk jelly you know yeah. and it just wobbles in <laughs> in your bowl <laughs> as, you were, as you were taking it England. back
2: to your oh. table we're moving away, away from tea, actually, it's odd, but yes fantastic the the jilt melly fantastic mm. anyway so uh, there is also a close relationship between tea and diy i think you'll agree yeah how many cups of tea does it make for an Englishman to make a second set of shelves
1: that yes, I'll, you know, I'll give three, you that. That was yep. a
2: three mug of tea task, that sort of thing, you know. Almost <laughs> <laughs> uh, any shelves I made were about, you know, a 5,000 mug of tea task. So, look, <laughs> there it is. That's the proposition, Roy Field. I'm I'm making you know a proposition what? to I, you. I, in, I feel,
1: David, I feel that you've been somewhat freeform. With your argument because you know it's such an obvious one that you've not really structured this well at all, have no, you? No, I'm
2: sorry. Could I formulate? You know, it you've just gone, you've basically understand? just
1: come you've basically just come onto the podcast and it's gone, T. Ah shaked your hands. <laughs> 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 and it will play go with it. I mean, it's a slam dunk, isn't it? I mean, come on, you know. It is, it is. And free. and because of that, you've done put absolutely no intellectual rigor behind it at
2: all. Oh, come on, I, intellectual got, rigor. I'd like... Come on, David. You I'd came let, on. I've you let said, down. I've let you down. I've let the listeners down. Well, it's because
1: you know it's going in. To be fair to you, today, no intellectual rigor is a bit harsh. Little, that's what I say. Because you did say he started off in China that's and then went you're, to India. A little
2: harsh. Like, yeah, I you know? history. <laughs> but other than that, you are <laughs> talking, talking about tea thing actually because I didn't explain that it's true to say and it's very interesting mm. so there are two words for cha for, for tea one mm. based on the chinese cha and one based on the indian tea i think that's right isn't it mm-hmm. and so depending on where you are and how you got your tea delivered to you is how you pronounce it so if it came by land so through the silk road from china then you're going to call it a derivative of cha if it came by sea, it would have probably been later and come from India. And therefore, it's based on the Indian word for tea, which is fascinating. So in, there's one exception. So most places in Europe have a name based on tea. Uh, and there's one exception, which is Portugal, where they have a name based on char because it was shipped from Formosa, which was Chinese, obviously. So there you go. It's fascinating. The map on the Facebook site. Awesome. Royfield, wrap up for mm-hmm. us uh, then. What about seeing what people
1: thought of last episode's uh, toing and froing?
2: Let's do that. Ah, Birmingham, the Golden City, City of Dreams. There were a few breathtaking things that came out of the episode on Birmingham. Firstly, there was the fact that anyone would suggest Birmingham as a thing that made England. And then, well, no, that was pretty much it, actually. Absences gentle listener mean that you have me rather than Luke or Fiona, which is obviously something which will make our hearts grow fonder, but it has the benefit of me being able to insult Royfield without him being able to strike back. There was actually one other breathtaking thing about the Birmingham episode, which was there was a shocking amount of support for the Birmingham enlightenment the what although there was a tinge of terror as well, actually, so Duncan confessed to the group unburdening to us all of his fear of Royfield. And his fear also that following we would have 800 episodes following every town of England and how, I don't know, Driffield and Farley Wallop are in fact the hidden beating heart of England. Ken introduced the topic of Watford Gap, which is of course one of those fault lines and we could have a hack at the North-South Divide thing there. But look, I shudder at the thought of Darlington as I speak. Although, you know, as far as railways are concerned, Stuart gave us scorn. For the idea, but in his scorning, he did then remind us of ELO, for which it's okay, Stuart, I forgive you, but you know, there you go. But also Carrot. How can I forget Carrot? Loved carrot, car insurance claims, all that sort of thing. Also, Stuart and Royfield got going, and that turned out to be something of a spectator sport, with a full and frank exchange of views. Very polite, well informed, all that sort of thing. Bit of a ding-dong about the relative merits of Manchester and Birmingham. Then we got UB 40 came up. Car making, Duran Duran, who I always assumed came from Essex at the time. And most important of all, of course, the Triumph Stag. Now that was a car and a half. Anyway, Stuart's a Geordie, so you can confidently expect an episode before long on the worldwide cultural impact of South Shields. I forget. But I think the episode on Brum might also have included me relating how I managed to confuse black country with Brum, for which I apologise, since it is a sort of error calculated to irritate the black country. So I thought I'd end by giving you a brief insight into yam-yam if you're not aware of the accent. So here's a snippet of a song to finish up, which actually, on the way, gives you an insight into one use of the word tea. Say yeah, man, that I for But I'm just a black country chap and I don't sound like a brummy. Some people need that dinner while I just eat my tea. Cause I'm just a black country chap and I don't sound like a brummy. I wake up every day, it's a me. I've got now six pack, got now i I'm skin I'm down like a fuss. I I we' gotta catch a bus. People ran just all look complaining bloody people say I am just a black country not sound a people
1: Thank you for that as always, tip top in Bristol fashion and it 's nice to see that people are still prepared to uh throw their opinions around on our Facebook group, which is the things that made England
2: now let shape shape and, fashion rather
1: than well, I'm and Bristol fashion oh i 'm mixing my it's fine it's very very English of you me made, you made. now David uh one thing which we should um invite our listeners to do is to go onto to uh, Apple iTunes and write us a review because it 's a very important way of uh, us exposing. Uh, the things that made England to new ears, to new listeners. So why don't you go on there? I don't like all stopping. this begging and pleading. Again. I feel. <laughs> this is the, this is the class divide. Now, I'm just if rolling my like sleeves up it, and I doing what comment. has to be done. And you're being all mealy mouthed and, and you know and. Uh, <laughs> socially uncomfortable about oh, it so anyway right go on there write a mm-hmm. review say how wonderful i i was and uh, you can neglect to mention david in in the review at all so uh we thank <laughs> you if you've already done that for us uh and uh and thank you for being part of our facebook group that's me i'm just about expired uh, next time we'll talk about something else and you'll see coherent cogent research and pointed points put by me and david <laughs> david will just come You're on and just style and give it the jazz hands.
2: We just get salted here and get caught no. posh. i and not rigorous. <laughs> anyway, goodbye everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Cool.
1: God for Harry. And these are the things that made England. And St.
0: George! These are the things that made England. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.